Bueller. Bueller. Nobody puts a baby in a corner. Oh, gnarly! Hey, where's the thief? I want my MTV. I want my MTV! Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s. The best that we remember it. How was that? That sounds very, you sound like you have I was, wisdom. I was like, good. I was I that. to come out smart. Did it sound smart? Well, it no, sounded like, sound like you were out of wind there. Oh, what <laughs> I fell down earlier and I haven't really recovered, but you know, okay. I, I try to be intelligent for that one. No? Didn't it, it, did I you buy it, that debt? Was it smart? It didn't hit home. Didn't hit home. That going. I thought it did. The best that we remember. How's that? A little burl okay, lives. A little burl lives. Yeah. I think you know Matt. Matt Matt's lost about twenty pounds in the last remember. month Maybe or so. That I might have lost my. He might have. Yeah. That thing there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I lost some more energy right there. I, I was. I was thinking that it's like. Now that you're like lost this weight, you've become wiser. I thought you sounded very wise. Thank you, Rob. Like an owl. Thank you. Like the Tootsie Pop owl. Thank you. That's very nice. Is it true you were doing sweating to the oldies with Richard Simmons to lose weight? But the Tootsie Pop owl can only count to three. That is true. Well, that's how many licks it takes to get the center of Tootsie Pop. Everybody knows that. One. You, you. Uh, speaking of the old sco- songs, didn't you just post about the uh, conjunction? Conjunction. Oh yeah, what? the guy that did the uh, yeah, the guy that did the Schoolhouse Rock songs. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if you guys caught that, that was but oh, is on our Living in the Eighties page today. Uh, that was actually posted by Sean Gill. Yeah, I what a great clip. and uh, that was that was pretty cool. We, we get to see voice. the guy. Yes, we've heard that voice forever, but to see the guy sitting there singing, yeah, was pretty, pretty epic. Very cool. Yeah. And where where did we see that at? Where we, we, on the Living in the Eighties Facebook page. Talk about a segue. Oh, that's thank you very much, Matt. There we, it is. So those of you that listen, like there are literally thousands of people that listen to this podcast. I'm not exaggerating. There are thousands of people that listen, and that's fantastic. It is fantastic. So those of you out there listening and think, you know what, those sound like those are great people I would love to hang out with. Because I'm sure that's what they're thinking. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> not sure of it. Yeah. How could you not want to hang out with us? Exactly. Thank you. And so, we, we bring class. Debbie brings the class. She does. Somebody has to. You bring pure energy. Pure yeah, energy. We, had, we had a listener this week say, you know, Debbie brings class. That's class. So that's that's it. one of the reasons why we have her on here so much. Plus, she's the only female that volunteers. <laughs> well, actually, she doesn't, she doesn't volunteer. Mm-hmm. I always tempt her with like, like uh, Reese cups and stuff. That's nice. That so. That's right. That's so right. tell us about the page. Tell us about it. So if you haven't checked it out, get on Facebook. Go to Living in the 80s. Just do a search there. Um, there's ours, uh, which is like Living in the 80s. Like Living in the is all capitalized. That's us. There's another one that has like the INT in the 80s, all lowercase. Uh, he's that's our, our boy Marty McFly out of Australia. So there's two two of them. Ours is here in the US. We post music videos on there, trivia ends up on there, memes, just it's anything. A, it's, from a, the 80s. it's a great view. It's a yeah. great feed. Like if if there was Facebook in the 80s, 
Mm -hmm. it would probably look like our page. There it is. Exactly. It's the best place to be. It is. It is. And so we we do like a song of the day. One of the admins picks a week and they'll just go through and a theme and, and so forth. So this past week, we have been doing hair metal, like glam rock. My iTunes account, I have, I don't know, 50 playlists and probably 20 of them are 80s playlists. And let's see, uh, the glam rock one has 125 songs on. So what I do, I just hit random and whatever song comes up, I'll put, I'll put that video on there. And so the other day, um, I put the Bullet Boys smooth up in you. Oh, boy. And Mike got a little uncomfortable. You want to tell us about it? I wouldn't say I was uncomfortable. I was the shock that you would post that. <laughs> I personally would post it. Oh. Yeah. You? Oh, I was a little surprised. I may have had a little lapse in judgment when I did that. But I don't think it's a dirty song. And my wife is telling myself that. That's gross. <laughs> did she say that? <laughs> she moved that. How, how'd she say it? That's gross. That's your Misty. <laughs> it sound like Mr. Haney. Oh, Haney's. For the Jack in the Box named Charlie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Peter Brady. Yeah. I'm here all week. Oh, Check out the Facebook page. And here's a here's another thing I'm asking. Here's a favor. Like, I ask you guys for anything. We provide this podcast as a service. And we just love everybody that listens. And we're encouraged by the numbers continuing to grow. One thing I've not asked for in a long, long time. I want to ask you for this. Go on to Apple, where you listen to the podcast. It's free to listen to our podcast on Apple, but they're the only one of the major ones that has like a comment section. So, and you can rate us. So rate us five stars. I don't care how bad you hate us. Just give us five five stars. Just do it. And when you're in there, drop some nice comments. Like these guys know what the heck they're talking about. Just do it. Yes. Just do it. We would love to have you guys do that. That would be that'd be nice. Outstanding. That'd be nice. Oh, I'd love. It. So yeah, and rate with stars on Spotify too, because you can do stars on Spotify now. No comments, but you can rate. Yeah. Well, thank you. Rate us on Spotify because Spotify is actually who we do our podcast through. Anchor was bought by Spotify, so it's now like Spotify Podcasts. That's who lets us host this. So we like them. Sure. Yeah. Yep. All right, so we're going to take a a brief break here for our sponsors, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the most iconic movie scenes in in the 80s and the music that helped us make them iconic. Hopefully that makes sense. Sound good? I got it. All right. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TunedIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livingin80s.us and, of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show.
Welcome back to Living in the 80s. As promised, we're going to talk about some movie scenes and the songs that made them famous. So, love it. One of the best things to me about watching an 80s movie, especially now, is listening to the music that accompanies the, the movie. There are so many songs that I either associate with movies or that kind of puts me in the mood to go find that album or soundtrack or something. So vice versa, the music makes me want to watch the movie. The movie makes me want to go hear the music. So what we're going to do, there, there are 10 scenes that we're going to talk about yeah. over the next two weeks. We're going to do five this week, five next week. We're going to talk about the scenes like that were made famous by the songs or that helped make the scenes more famous. Sure. Sure. Like if you substitute some of the songs in these movies that they just may not sound right yeah but the this is we're talking about where the music and the movie collide and it comes up with something it's different. when magic happens rob well, we're, good, we're talking you. about magic tonight we are talking about magic magic movie magic, magic. music magic. <laughs> so i'm here with tammy debbie matt and mike and we're going to start off with tammy on our first one Tammy, what you got? Okay, let's talk about Purple Rain from the movie Purple Rain, of course. Starring Prince and the Revolution, Morris Day in the Time, and Apollonia. It was released in the summer of 1984. I love this song. Love it. it. It's so powerful and packed with emotion. It starts with just the guitar, which I think is like starting a conversation with a whisper. It draws people in wanting to know what you're going to say next. And then the drums and the vocals come in, then the piano and the electric strings, and then it builds with harmonies and so many wonderful musical layers. It's just Prince's musical genius. So the plot, what brings us to this song? Um, I find it really hard to be short when I'm describing a movie plot that I love. Uh, but basically, Prince plays the kid who's a musician dealing with an abusive father, a rival singer, a new romance with Apollonia, um, and then his own band that's really awesome, but they're annoyed that he won't try any of their songs or ideas. The Prince where the scene where Prince performs that iconic Purple Rain song happens near the end when several bands are playing at the club um, vying for a position to have a regular gig there. And the kid and his band are once again trying to prove their worth. He breaks out his awesome white guitar, stands silently on the stage and announces that they're playing a song written by Wendy and Lisa, which is surprising to them and something he's never done. And then he dedicates the song to his father, which is super cool. There's all this moody lighting. The audience is almost frozen, waiting for what's going to happen. He starts the song, and then when the big guitar solo hits, the whole audience goes crazy. They finally realize the talent that they're witnessing. And then this song actually spurs the crowd to beg for a movie-ending encore with I Would Die For You. It's super cool. Uh, so facts, this song actually never made it to number one. Can you believe that? It was number two for two weeks, kept out of the number one spot by 
wham, make, wake me up before you go, go, which is a fun song, but come on. Um, it was number 18 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest songs of all time. Of course, you can't forget his Princess iconic Super Bowl set in 2007 with all the purple lights shining on the downpour of rain while he sings Purple Rain like it was just meant to be this way. Um, this was actually the last song he ever performed live to just a week before he died. So Prince said the song Purple Rain was about finding divine guidance during Armageddon. He has a thing for the end of the world. Um, he said that then when there's blood in the sky, the red of the blood mixed with the blue of the sky equals purple. So the purple rain pertains to the end of the world and being with the one you love and letting your faith or God guide you through the purple rain. And on a personal note, I play keyboard in bands with the local school of rock and we got to play this just a couple weeks ago in a gig and it was the coolest. I just, I loved being part of that. Now, our next one, we are going to talk about, I'm not going to steal it. Debbie, you've got our next song, go. Hey, we're going straight to the danger zone with our next song. It is 1986's Danger Zone from Top Gun. Love that. Yeah, good song. And for those of you not familiar with Top Gun, it's a movie about a fighter pilot maverick played by Tom Cruise who was sent to the Top Gun flight school. And his reckless attitude and cocky demeanor put him at odds with the other pilots, especially the cool and collected Iceman played by Val Kilmer. Maverick isn't only competing to be the top fighter pilot, he's also fighting for the attention of his beautiful flight instructor, Charlotte Blackwood, played by Kelly McGillis. His sidekick is Goose, played by Anthony Edwards, with Meg Ryan as Anthony Edwards' wife. And there's your quick little rundown. The placement of the song in the movie is different than some of the other songs we're going to be talking about this week. It is the one of the first songs you hear in the movie. Um, it appears as the credits are finishing rolling. Um, during Top Gun. When the credits first roll at the beginning of the film, we hear Harold Faltermeyer's opening theme, Top Gun. Um, during this part of the theme, which is the quiet music, planes are being readied on the flight deck. Um, the scenes build one upon the other until we see the glow of a jet's engine. And as soon as the flight deck crew gives the signal for takeoff, we hear the start of Top Gun. And the adrenaline rush starts. The planes don't stop moving. From this point, we see flight deck crew at work giving hand signals to the pilots. And we see jets taking off and landing with their tail hooks. And this plays throughout the beginning of the film until it ends when we find ourselves in present day in the Indian Ocean on a ship. That is the song. Could you feel the adrenaline there? You do. I almost got up and ran around a room. I, I Did like, you? I was going to go over to Bolton Field and find me a plane and Absolutely. start flying. Absolutely. <laughs> going. That, that is a song like Kenny Loggins, known for as the king of Yacht Rock. I think maybe him and Michael McDonald may be the co-kings of Yacht Rock. 
That's fair. It's a little easy to listen to stuff, but yeah. but you know what? Something happened in the 80s and he just brought it on movie soundtracks. Yes. He did. And this song here, like I still hear this song, and man, this sounds if you got a nice sound system, turn the thing up. Mm. This song is good. Whether you love or hate the movie. Because I've got I'm looking at Mike over here. He looks like he's about to throw up because he he doesn't like fan. Tom Cruise. He does not, not like a fan. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan, but I do like some of his movies. So I have to kind of separate the person from the film when I watch them. But, you know, this one, the song, when we said this was going to be the topic, this was one that popped into my mind because I remember it. I think this was the first movie I saw two or three times in the movie theater. And just sitting through that opening credit was always exciting. And there must have been a lot of other people that were excited because there was a slight uptick in enrollment um, with the with the Navy during the time that Top Gun was out. Some websites said 500%, but the Navy came out and corrected that and said it was only an 8% uptick. Five hundred eight. The name must work. 8% versus 500%. (laughs) But they did say that it, it brought a lot more public awareness to the Navy at the time that the song was released. But the song has an interesting history because when they were looking for a song to start the movie, film producers Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson had over 300 songs to try with the dailies from the film to see what would work, what wouldn't work. And after looking through all those songs, nothing worked with this opening sequence. And so they asked soundtrack producer Giorgio Moroder to write something for them. And with the help of songwriter Tom Whitlock, he composed Danger Zone. And get this, Toto was originally intended to perform the track. But when Toto sent their version to the producers, they would told that only the lead vocals by lead vocalist Joseph Williams would be used. And Toto was not happy about that. And so they pulled out from the project. It was then offered to Jefferson Starship. They also pulled out of the project. Then it was offered to Corey Hart. (laughs) But he also pulled out. And it said, Kevin Cronin said that this was because that Corey Hart admitted the notes were too high for him in the song. And so ultimately, the song was offered to Kenny Loggins, and that is what we hear today. So I had no idea. I think the song would have been totally different with some of those other artists. Kenny Kenny Loggins said, hold my pina colada. I got that. I I got it. That's great. Thanks, Debbie. Um, You guys have anything to add to this one? I mean, Um, this was not one of the songs that came to my mind when you uh, referenced this, because I probably haven't seen this movie since it was in the movie theater. So (laughs) that's the baddest thing I've ever heard in my life. I didn't watch the sequel either. Oh, the sequel was good. I'm I'm with Debbie. I'm like, I may not, you know, have a high opinion of Tom Cruise as a person, but man, he's got a lot of good movies. He's got a lot of stinkers, but he's got some good movies, and this is this is one of them. This is this is like '80s royalty. It is. is. It's so. it's it's on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, along with these other. It is. is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Danger Zone did make it to number two on the Billboard Hot 100 in July of 1986, but it was kept out of the number one position by another song that we recognized, Sledgehammer. Bingo! That's okay. a great song. Yeah. That's a great song. All right, uh, Matthew. Yeah. Um, I think you're up next. So, so I picked the movie Rocky Three. Um, and as soon as I announced it, I want to talk about Rocky Three. I, I experienced a little opposition from uh, members of the panel. Not me. Not you. But <laughs> Not me. Across the, yeah. Said, "Oh, low hanging fruit." 
That, and that's my Mike Moore impersonation. Mm, low hanging There's fruit. There's a lot of negative energy yeah, coming yeah. towards me tonight. Yeah, you see that? I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I I pig Rocky three because daggone it. Uh, and obviously the, the song is I the Tiger. And, and that moment, I mean, that movie was just, I'm in seventh grade, it's 1982, and and, that's, and that movie comes out, and and, that, and that's that's about right the time where you start to take sports a little serious, you're starting to, to get a little more focused, and, and daggone, there's something about that. You love that part? Then a high hat. I mean, all that. It's just great. I, that that stuff gets me pumped up. I mean, I, I am excited. It makes me want to work out, and I don't even work out. Does it, it make you want to punch somebody in the face? Makes you want to punch. Somebody. I mean, it's it's so. It's, I love it. It's it, it's just like the ultimate workout song, and it, and it, it is. And it came to, at a time where we started to get serious about sports, and I mean, playing basketball, and it's just in your head. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Anyhow, this song. Uh, is it, just kind of like what, what Deb mentioned. It's in the very beginning of the movie. Like you, you got Rocky three starts out and, and they recap a little Rocky two and you see you see uh, Rocky and Creed and he knocks down Creed and boom, they, they both go down and it's a seven, eight, nine. Apollo goes down and Rocky stands up and we get the champ and that's how Rocky three starts. We got the, the champ and then the, here comes the music. The, the song starts right there you know, it's just beautiful. It just starts right there, and then all of a sudden we see we see a montage of, of Rocky knocking out opponents left and right, boom, boom, just beating up, and it goes through like six title defenses. He is just killing people left and right. It's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. And the whole time you're seeing uh, Rocky crush everybody, you're seeing Clubber Lang play with Mr. T in the he, crowd. In the crowd, just watching. And he's getting ticked off. He's just getting mad. Clubber's getting mad. Rocky's getting cocky. Rocky's beating everybody. And right about in the middle of the song, and you say cocky Rocky? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so right in the middle of the song, we see we, we see uh, Mr. T storm out, and he just goes out of the arena. He just walks out. He's ticked off. He's mad. And about that time, you see Rocky starting to do endorsements and commercials and just kind of losing focus a little bit. Ribbon that cutting. Time, he got civilized. Yeah, he got civilized. He's putting on a suit and tie. And then at the same time, in the, in the very same moment, you see Club Lang running the streets. You see him working out. And, and, and here's the music. He's working out. He's hardcore. He's hungry. He's hungry. He's got the eye of the tiger. He's got the eye of the tiger. And then he comes in. And then all of a sudden, you see him. Him start punching out people, knocking out people. I mean, they're flying out the ring. Remember that? I mean, they're literally like flying through the ropes. It's it's, it's glorious. It's glorious. It glorious. And it ends with him saying, "You know, I want champ. I want give me Rocky." And I mean, it was just he's invoked fear. And and all of that was the, that that moment, that movie magic that we talked about uh-huh. was great from the acting. But it was that music underneath it that was just driving home. I mean, and that's the way that movie started. 
Yeah, <sighs> gone out. That's high energy. Good thing down. you lost all that weight. Now, yeah, I could have done that a few months ago. But that, I mean, but I love, I love that song. I love that that moment. I mean, it was just, it, it may be low hanging fruit, Mister <laughs> Moore, but but it's pivotal. It is, it is wonderful, mm -hmm. and it's a wonderful thing right there. Mm -hmm. it was a, and that's and that's really like a, re, a nice little way to start that movie because we just set the stage of what this movie is going to be like in that little clip actually so it's pretty cool and, and the song itself uh, by the group survivor and uh 1982 they they it's kind of cool is is um St stallone came to them saying hey we, we want we want a song for this movie and um he, he actually wanted another one bites of dust he wanted a queen song and they said, I know you can't when you do that. So, I mean, he, he wanted that song and he didn't get that for the movie. So he comes up to uh, Survivor and, he's, and he, they come up. And actually, this is the second song that they submitted. They submitted another song beforehand and that, that didn't uh, quite uh, do what we were looking for. Uh, so so they, they come up with this song and it is, you know, a little story about Survivor. You know about Survivor? Do you like Do that? tell. Well, I just when I was reading about Survivor, it's pretty cool. Did you know they were a Chicago band? What was, what was it? I don't even remember the name of the band. Do you remember the new member of the band? No, they survived. Yeah, the, oh, this uh, in Chicago in the late seventies, Jim Heterick was the lead singer of a band called the Ides of March, and they were supposed to play a concert in Minnesota in nineteen seventy four, but Jim couldn't go for personal reasons. And Dagon, the whole Dagon plane crashed and died. Oh, wow. And he was the lone survivor. And so he kept on singing as the lone survivor. And then he got the group together and they called Survivor. A tribute to his past. Tribute band. to his past. Isn't that cool? I didn't know that. Cool. Right. Huh. That is uh, that's So anyhow, so Survivor makes this song. And, and uh, it does go to number one uh, for six weeks in 1982. Uh, it actually won a Grammy, um, and and it was actually nominated for an Academy Award as well. It lost out, of course, to Willie Nelson. Always on my mind because of how. Oh man! <laughs> oh my! I feel like singing. Oh my man! <laughs> wow! I don't know why. He's on a roll. Yeah, uh, great song, great Skinny movie. Matt's high energy. Good scene. It was a good stuff. Not just pure energy, mm -hmm. but high energy. Yeah. So there you go. I, that's that's my little tidbit. Six weeks, number one, bunch of money, bunch of stuff, a bunch of awards. But the best thing about the song is it was in Rocky Three. It was great movie, mm -hmm. low hanging fruit. But Seriously, you guys stay. You gonna stay there? Well, it was delicious fruit, Matt. Thank you. It was delicious fruit. It was. But now one of my favorite songs of the eighties for sure, though. Hmm? I was shadow boxing in the room. I beat oh, up many on. a shadow. I always thought it was interesting because all of Survivor's other hits, they really didn't rock. They were, you know, usually right. love Burning songs. Heart was in Rocky IV. Well, yeah, I guess let's say yeah. outside of their soundtrack, yeah, you know, songs. A lot of love songs, the search is over. Yes. Oh, yeah. You yeah, sing that for us, man? No, I really don't want to. <laughs> no, I really want you to. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, were always on my mind. Going into that. Yeah, with passion. Wrap that up. Okay. Put a bow on it. <laughs> so, yeah, Rocky Three. Love the movie. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part in it was Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. Thunder Lips. Yeah, Thunder Lips. That's great. And Hulk Hogan also, when he won the 
WWF world title came to the ring to that song. He hadn't got his own song. Yeah, he, he, he used that song as his ring entrance for a while. Yeah, yeah. he was capitalizing when he came in and beat the Absolutely. Iron Sheik. So. Absolutely. Well, nice. nice. And Deb is gone. Okay. Here we go down the rest. Right I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> Uh, my song is from the 1985 movie Vision Quest. You mm -hmm. could go down that soundtrack, and there's a lot of great songs on there, but we're going to go with Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider. The movie itself, it starred uh, Matthew Modine as Loudon Swain and Linda Florentino as Carla from New Jersey. I have no idea what Carla's last name was. Just Carla. It's like Madonna. Yeah, exactly. Who's also on the soundtrack. Exactly. And in the movie. And in the movie, yeah, yes. Exactly. So the movie, Loudon Swain is a high school wrestler who's decided he needs to do something truly meaningful with his life. So he embarks on a mission known in Native American terms as a vision quest. So he decides he needs to challenge the toughest opponent around, Brian Shute. Oh, Brian Shute's a three-time state champion has never lost in his high school career. But in order to get there, Loudon Swain's got to drop from the 190 weight class all the way down to the 168 weight class. That's a big drop. That yeah. is a big drop. So um, take it down to donkey weight. I was going to say, yes, did. donkey weight times two. That's that was great. a small bone. Maybe you go. I don't know. Exactly. Uh, the song itself was actually teased twice during the movie, right at the very beginning. And one, during one of the workouts, it was teased again. Um, but basically, the song reaches kind of its destiny in the lead up to the big match with Shoot. Um, Loud swains in their wrestling room warming up and the uh, lunatic fringe kicks in, which you got to admit of all the songs we pick, that's probably the coolest name of a song on the list. It is. I'll be honest with you. When I'm thinking about these movies initially, this did not even come to mind. When you brought it up, I'm like, great, that's a good one. I wish I would have taken it. Because when that, when lunatic fringe, when that guitar riff cranks up, that's magic. Like, you get chills, like chills. Oh, oh, oh. like you are, like you're all team Loudon at that point. Like, yeah. like we see Brian shoot in the movie. Like he's going walking the stairs, and dude's thick. He's definitely a wrestler in real life. He's got that body type. He's got this, like this uh, telephone pole, but might as well be. He's over his shoulders, yeah, like walking yeah. the stadium mm -hmm. steps, and and uh, they get a little interaction earlier on. Like you know, he goes to see Loudon in a match. You. Know, previously so like they're they're building they're building the rivalry it's getting intense at that point oh, i'm sorry go ahead no you're good so basically <laughs> as he's warming up you know the song kind of hits its peak as he busts through the door as he getting ready to take the mat um the song itself was performed by a canadian rock band red writer it was originally released in 1981 the song itself really never charted very well mm -hmm. more of a kind of a cult classic obviously if you're a wrestler it was probably on your mixtape. Yeah. You know, I think every wrestler I knew loved that song. Yeah. Um, guitarist Tom Cochran wrote the song after uh, becoming concerned with a resurgence in anti-Semitism in the 1970s. So when you think of it as this great sports song, 
the reality is really more of a uh, social justice song, you know, in reference to uh, World War II and the Holocaust. And and I apparently Tom Cochran was influenced by a book by uh, Raoul Wallenberg, um, which talks about the Jews during the Holocaust. And, and it's got some very deep lyrics, um, kind of dark, deep lyrics. Um, some lyrics are, because you've got to blame someone for your own confusion, we're on guard this time against your final solution. So obviously we're talking about, you know, the, you know, Hitler's attempt to basically eradicate all Jews from the planet. So very deep meaning to the song, sounded very cool, sounded great for the movie, but the song in itself actually had some very deep meaning to it. I had no idea. Apparently the original taping, actually the master tape fell apart, which really originally everybody was like, oh man, you gotta be kidding, we nailed it. But when they re-recorded it, they actually added the intro. That really wasn't there. It was Peter Wolf on the keyboards in the intro. So that like was added. Peter Wolf from Jay Giles? Yes. Oh, wow. So he added that I'm intro. getting educated today. Yes, you are. That's what I'm here for. Um, so that wasn't part of the first recording. Um, like I said before, the rest of the soundtrack had a great mix of uh, 80s rock and pop songs. Mm -hmm. um, Crazy for You by Madonna went to number one. And I don't know if you guys know, but in the UK and Australia, the movie wasn't called Vision Quest. What was it called? It was called Crazy for You. Oh, no, no way. Yeah, they so completely wussified the movie by calling They it. absolutely did. They made it sound more about Madonna than they did. Oh, Loud and swaying. That's nuts. It also had uh, Only the Young by Journey, uh, which is used during the training montages. Um, Change by John Waite. I'll Fall in Love Again by Sammy Hagar. Great song. Very great song. Hot Blooded by Foreigner and Hungry for Heaven by Dio. So. Hungry for Heaven. Yeah. Nice. Look, look at you climb the charts there. Right? You know, every once in a while. <laughs> So I, I I said before, I absolutely love this song, love this movie. Um, you guys might remember Tom Cochran came around a few years later with Life is a Highway. Mm -hmm. He did that solo. But uh, this song, um, man, I could talk about it all night, but I won't because Mike did a great job with it. But yeah, I just, this is, this is an epic, awesome song. Awesome movie. Great, great usage of the movie and the film. So any thoughts? That's great stuff. I loved it. Yeah, Love the movie. Loved, I, I loved it. It was a great movie. Nice. Did it make you want to wrestle? You know, kind of did a little, actually. Hmm. I mean, like, you know, all, all these different sports got these kind of movies that kind of, you know, it's, that's definitely, yeah. I know when Kurt Angle was in TNA wrestling, he kind of used a ripped off version. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did. Dan yeah. Henderson in the UFC used this as his spring entry. Oh, so. really? Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. So now it's my okay. turn. I oh, got go one more yeah. little tidbit. Oh, so, please do. so in the movie, they make such a big deal about him dropping from 190 to 168. And throughout the movie, you see Brian shoot. And he's ginormous. And you're thinking... There's no way this guy weighs 168, even when he's cutting weight. So I saw an interview with him. He actually, his normal walk around weight was 216. What? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. He weighed wow. 216. So for the movie, he was able to cut into the low 190s and maintain that for the movie. But he was nowhere near the 168. Pound <laughs> I, I, You know, I thought watching him like, 
He's not that. He's already he's, bigger. He's tall. Uh-huh. So it's just like, oh, I don't think he's that, that light. He would be much skinnier. He'd look like um, Christian Bale at the yeah. end of the one movie because real skinny. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's great. Up to this point, we have been, we've had three songs in a row. Like we had Purple Rain. You know, that was concert footage, scenery. Uh, that was good. Danger Zone. Eye of the Tiger, Lunatic Fringe, all these pump-up songs. Yeah. And not mine. What do you got? What's your song? I'm sure, again, I'm a dude. You're going to let us down, aren't you? I'm not going to let you down at all. But uh, the movie Pretty in Pink. Here we go. Hey, 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 hey. hey. (laughs) One of the best soundtracks out there. It it is one of the best soundtracks of the 80s. It is every bit as good as Vision Quest. Great, great movie. Love it. A little background on the movie. We've got Molly Ringwald uh, plays Andy. Uh, Ducky is played by John Cryer. Uh, Steph played by... Spader. James Spader. James Spader. Spader, thank you. James Spader. And then James Andrew Spader. McCarthy plays Blaine. So that's our four key characters. But the three that we're made, mainly focusing on is uh, Molly, uh, John, and, and Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll just call them by their first name so I'll keep messing up going back and forth so Molly she's a girl from the other side of the tracks very kind of alternative music listening uh, creates her own style and fashion probably a little much for the people in, in the school she's going to um, the, the kids are very judgy very very much uh, social status is everything there and her best friend is Ducky Love John John Cryer. Yes, Ducky. Ducky, Ducky, Ducky. is awesome. And uh, so these two are you're, they're kind of out of place at the school mostly. Uh, they got some of their people, uh, which we see throughout the movie, but not a lot. Most of the people are the the middle class white suburban kids. And one of the white middle, well, actually more a, a Richie, uh, Andrew McCarthy's character, Blaine, takes a liking to to Molly's character, mm-hmm. Andy. And so he pursues her and she agrees to go out with him. Uh, meanwhile, Ducky is pining after her. Like he's been in love with her since birth. Loved her. So he just, you know, he rides his bike by her house mm-hmm. every day. And uh, she just sees him as a friend and she doesn't even think about him as a boyfriend. He's right. never declared his love for her. Right. So things are going good for her and Blaine and then eventually uh, the social pressures cause them to cave ruins the relationship I mean James Spader's character Steph kind of puts a lot of pressure on Blaine like why are you dating this girl this this George or Mike or Andy or whatever her name is so he feels a lot of pressure he ends up breaking it off with her makes up some lame excuse breaks her heart mm-hmm but she will not be broken. Nope. She, her dad uh, buys her this prom dress. Her friend, Iona, uh, played by uh, Annie Potts. She gives her her prom dress. She takes them apart. She sews it, makes this, this other prom dress, which I personally think is ugly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was awful. Yeah, but they make you think this <laughs> is great. It's like, why is this thin girl wearing this dress that makes her look like she's pregnant? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, <laughs> so uh, she's going to go to the prom. Her and Ducky have a fight. 
They're not on speaking terms. She's going to go completely by herself. Well, she shows up and there's Ducky. Ducky. And he looked awesome. He did. He had like the bolo, bolo tie. tie. He that, that pompadour haircut looking oh, like right. Wally Cleaver. I mean, and the shoes. Oh, his yeah. Because he'll forever be the duck man. Yeah. He has little yep. shoes. So they show up. She sees him. He sees her. They, they, they realize like they're not totally alone. They've got each other there. And it's great. And she hugs him. And you look great. You look great. And they bravely walk into prom. So much melodrama. Really walk job. into prom, and they get there, and Blaine sees Andy, and just like, what the heck? This is the most beautiful girl in the most awesome dress ever. And oh, at that step. time, this song plays. Rob cries. Rob did not cry. <laughs> <laughs> if you leave by orchestral maneuvers in the dark. And when that song plays, it's like you feel like it's one of, you know, there's several 80s prom movies, you know, it culminates in the prom. Footloose is one of them. Mm -hmm. Even even go back to Greece, like they go back to their prom. So there's so many of these movies that, you know, prom is the end all beat all. But this prom scene here, right in the middle of of this big banquet facility, and you have um, Andy and Blaine, they lock eyes and and he tells her, I never gave up on you, and whatever excuse. He finally puts puts a, a step in his place. So it's like, you're the one that's a piece of crap. Not mm. her. So he just embarrasses him. So, of course, it ends with the big kiss. But the best part about this, the best part about it, you know, Ducky, his girl goes away again. She's like, don't make him leave by himself. He came by himself. He gets Christy Swanson. Come on. That's <laughs> That's epic. That's epic. So the song itself is one of the most recognizable 80s movie songs. I think there is. Um, Originally, the song was going to be another orchestral maneuvers in the dark song, which is called Goddess of Love. Here's a little clip of that. about the same beat um during the prom scene itself the kids were dancing to like the song the sound system was don't you forget about me by simple minds which we know from the breakfast club i have a feeling that one might come up next week maybe you think maybe think it will possibly possibly so they were dancing to that they wanted to have something that had that same 120 beats per minute so um when the goddess of love didn't test well with crowds, John Hughes called um, Andy McCluskey for from OMD and said, "Hey, we need another song. Can you do something?" So they turned it around, and by the next morning, they had this song. Like they put it together in no time, and um, wow. the song itself, uh, Andy McCluskey describes it, and he says. The song is about the end of high school, the ending of your childhood, elaborating that there were 
They were trying to capture the sphere of what comes next. McCluskey later noted that an editing error meant the dancing appears out of sync despite the matched tempo. So they, they match the tempo with the dancers, but whoever edited it has it a little bit off. So if you watch that, I didn't notice it, but if you watch it again, you might see that. Now I so, feel like I need to go rewatch it just to I see. Know. There That's you right. go. The song um, was their biggest hit in the U.S., uh, peaking at number four. Now in the U.K., they were huge. Like they only had five charting singles in the U.S. Of course, this is the only one that was in the top ten, going to number four in England, their home country, where they were huge. They only went to number forty-eight. Hmm. Like a lot of Brits didn't like the song for some reason. And I, I like OMD. Like they've got a couple albums, Crush and Pacific Age are the two that come to mind for me. That those are like there's a lot of good songs on those two albums. So I've always liked them. They've got a unique sound. Um, so if you're into that, you know, British synth pop thing, this you know this is a, a good group for you. So um, yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. That's what I have to say about, say about that. Um, Debbie, I know you're a big fan of the song and this movie. What are your thoughts here? You know, I really do like the song. It's one of those, though, now that so many years removed, it's been played so much that I get a little bit tired of it. So mm-hmm. I'll focus on the other songs on the album more than I focus on this one. So Shell Shock from New Order being one of them that I'll focus on. But I always liked it. Thought it was a perfect song to end the movie with. So and love the movie. Gotcha. I love that movie. Great movie. John, I'm not surprised you picked it. Because you are pretty in pink. Okay. Well, I don't you know. know. You know, you're pretty in pink a couple weeks ago when you showed the podcast. Was adorable. Pink pink. You, yeah. you were. You were. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you were something else. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So that that's our first five. There it is. So we are going to end it right here. We're going to pick up next week with number five. Through number one. Oh, I can't sound wait. good, dude. I can't wait. I can't either. This is love. This is great. So we are going to um, our outro song this week is a song I thought would have been great in a movie. You know what? They made a movie around this song. This is "Take Me Home Tonight" by Eddie Money. Guys, thanks. Take care. God bless. We'll see you next week. Nobody appreciates your sense of humor, you know?